coming up next on the Smitty and Mitty Show. And you know what? If you're a pitcher, you do what the hitters have done. You've adapted. You've found new ways, probably within the rules. Maybe not. Just deal with it. Don't go anywhere. The Smitty and Mitty Show, up next. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your engines! 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb, for real. With Smitty. We're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! Come on! And Mitty. We all know... I'm not a hockey expert, okay? The only thing I know about hockey is that the puck is black. This is the Smitty Mini Show. Welcome to the Smitty and Mini Show Season 4, Episode 4. Well, a brand new season for us. Brand new, Noah. What? Brand new season for us. Since when? Four episodes ago. <laughs> We're just going to go back at four episodes and, and start a new season. We are going to retroactively make new seasons. Also, what happened to season three? What happened to season two? Season two started in the new year. But we didn't do it like that, did we? No. I don't know. No, we had that discussion, but... Smitty Mini Show episode 44. How about that? It's season four, episode four. I, don't, I had no <laughs> idea what the actual episode was. <laughs> this is 44, though. Smitty Mini Show, episode 44 here on your podcast networks, wherever you're listening. Thank you for listening. Brought to you by Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in Kincardine. Life is brighter under the sun. Smitty, how about them Kincardine Cubs? I hate you guys. Smitty Mini Show on Instagram, (laughs) Facebook, and Twitter. The Smitty Mini Show on the YouTubes. Check us out on 560 CFOS, the radio show. Is at 10 a.m. Saturdays, 6 p.m. on Sundays. You can also find it on stmarysradio.com, 4 p.m. and 4 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays. And, and newly, as of this week, and the interview you're about to hear went up on Rogers Television London at 6.30 on Fridays. Something I didn't know, but I actually found it out trying to find the show. You can watch it. Like you can watch the channel live on their go internet back page. and listen to what I said. I said you can stream it online. But I thought you just I meant said that. I thought you meant it was archived. I didn't know you could no, watch it live. You online. can watch everything on Rogers TV online. Well, I did. Did you? Not everything. I so shouldn't say one everything. Of us, Almost everything you can. One of us went back and watched it. Did you watch it? I watched it live. I watched it live. You did not watch it live. Yes, I did. I. He is lying. He is lying to everyone. I watched there. the last half live. How do you after lie? I, okay, here's the story. Friday night, I had to go get some work done after work at uh, Labatt Park to get ready for the major season. Oh, and then go. I went to A&W, and I got in line. And A&W, one of my favorite burgers they have is the um, Chicken Buddy Burger, oh which is like a, it's like a junior chicken, basically, right? A&W's oh. version. You're a psychopath. And then, I didn't see it on the menu, so I accidentally ordered... A chubby chicken burger. And now that's like their signature burger. So it's like a big burger. So I was like, I'll take two chubby chickens and a root beer. And she's like, that'll be 17 bucks. I was like, seems expensive. Sure, though. Got up there. She's like, these for you? Yeah. These are the big ones, you know. I still ate them. (laughs) You didn't back down, eh? No, still ate them. What kind of psychopath gets chicken at A&W? That is the wrong call. It's so good. It is so good. The only call to make at A&W is a teen burger or a double teen burger. Mm. That is the only call. But I was just looking for something small. So you got the two biggest burgers on the menu. By accident. But, I okay, so I watched the TV show is what I'm Yes, but anyways, I got my two chubby chicken burgers, shoved them down my throat, went to Brittany's house, and she was watching live. uh, And so I caught, like, the last ten minutes of it. Is it the first time we used your girlfriend's actual name? On, I think so. On the podcast? maybe, yeah, it might be. <laughs> Good for her. Now you get to know we, if we she don't listens. do relationship updates anymore. So well, because you're solidly in a relationship, she, either that or you hadn't mentioned yeah. her in a while. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, so I'm just not gonna ask. She's like, Are you not coming to watch? I was like, I first of all, I'm in the interview. She was so watching. I, I very well know what happens. I also edited it, so I've seen it about nine times. Yeah, that, I don't need to watch it. It's different because you edit it, but for me, I was there. But still, when I listen back or watch back, which I don't do every week, I'm not going to lie, yeah. but most weeks, I'll listen back or watch back, and it's like, was I there? Did, yeah. did, did, <laughs> do I remember you, this? Forget? Or now watching it on TV, I'm just like, wow, what a handsome devil. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say handsome. Handsome. But anyways, 
I, I after editing it, you don't want to watch it again. Gorgeous. You don't want to watch it again after you Sexy. edit, submit. You were there. I know what happens. I very well know what happens. I can tell you exactly what happens keyframe by keyframe. But you know who doesn't? I actually messed up one part of it and bothered me when I was watching it. <laughs> you know, you know who doesn't know what happens? The people that are right there that are listening on their microphones. The Smitty the and podcast idiots. listeners right now. You guys are going to be able to see our faces. And did we put it up on YouTube? It's we going up on it. YouTube. It's going up on YouTube. It this just week. hasn't up there yet. Yeah, it's just okay. not up there yet. Uh, so basically, when the the uh, TV show goes up uh, Friday night, and then it's on the radio stations on the weekend, and then on the podcast on Monday, and then I'm going to put it up on the YouTube page so you can watch back on it early in the week. So it's going to be everywhere. If you don't watch it, if you don't listen to it, it's really on you because we. I think we've done everything we can. At this point, we've put it on every single exactly. platform. The only thing we haven't done is send it to space. We've and done a good job. We emailed I think. Elon Musk. He doesn't want to put it to space. That would be actually pretty cool if he that would took be it up cool. with him. Um, we've monetized this thing, I think, very well to the point where you could accidentally watch this <laughs> or listen to this on many different platforms. Lots of people do, I'm sure. And, and they never like, come back. You know what happens is, is, you know, when you get like mediocre to good numbers on each platform, it's like, okay. But when you add up the platforms, you're like, when we you suck. actually look at it, there's like, wow, that's a lot of people, but I'm not here to brag. On the episode today, a lot of good things coming up, including, including an interview with Mr. Tony Ambrosio, uh, London-born, Owen Sound-raised, let's put you it that say way. That, yeah. He was on Absolutely. CFOS, called Owen Sound Attack Games, moved his way up to the score. We talked about with him in episode four. The, the way he got to the score was that the, the producer from that network just happened to be up in up the in his Owen cottage, area yeah, up in his cottage listening and heard him doing um, the sports, the sports update mm-hmm. on CFOS and, and just thought his voice. So we are hoping if we put it out there so much, eventually somebody someone is going to hear it, man. Yeah, they got to, to eventually they got to. If you want to listen to that interview with Tony, like I said, episode four of the Smitty and Mitty show go back in our archives listen to that we talk a whole lot about how he got to where he is today but on the show today we're just talking a whole lot about Tony we're gonna talk baseball talk about the Olympics so without further ado we'll welcome on here College of Sports Media professor as well as uh, with TSN Sports Mr. Tony Ambrosio Tony thanks for joining us Noah Tyler great to be on thank you it's a pleasure to, to talk to some old guests. And if you want to learn more about Tony's background, it's an amazing background. Like we said, episode four, go on, check that out on the podcast because we're not <laughs> going to do too much of that now since we've already done it. So plus we want people to go back and listen to the podcast, right? We're driving them back there. But one of our good friends, uh, Freddie Wallace, told me to ask you about your, uh, he, he told me to ask you about your 1987 CFOS debut at the Terra Fair. And I don't know what that means. So I was a pretty young, cocky 21 year old at the time. And I had a bit of a competitive streak in me. So we're playing softball, a charity softball game. And I took it a bit too seriously. And let me just, let me just say that it was, uh, it wasn't pretty, a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Looking back, I can laugh at it, but uh, yeah, you learn a lot from your time. You're 21 to the time you're 40 or 51. That's for sure. <laughs> so that really didn't clear anything. Up there. <laughs> <laughs> you really didn't talk much there. Yeah. Well, basically, I uh, I yelled at my teammates for not running hard or not making catches, <laughs> poor throws, awful pitches. It was uh, like it, it, it was it was quite the performance. Let me just say that because I thought this was a serious game, and I was very competitive in my early twenties. So, yeah, let's Everybody just say it was an ugly guy. side. Everybody yeah, knows exactly. that guy, that that one guy in slow pitch who shows up in the pants and he's got the batting gloves and he's sprinting out everything and you're just like, all right, calm down, buddy. I've had a couple of beers already and it's the third yeah. inning. So and you know, and, and it was my first time out with what we called the no stars at the time. So you want to make a good impression, and uh, yeah, I took it a bit too far. Had a good time though. The team name No Stars didn't uh, didn't throw it off to you that this might <laughs> this, this might not be a not so serious thing. Uh, no, it should have, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right that, that was the background crash now we'll, let's, let's just talk some sports let's just do that uh new thing to baseball this whole what we're calling sticky gate that's we are branding that and that sticky is a smitty gate. midi show thing uh degrom was the first pitcher to be checked i saw that do you understand why the major leagues are doing this mid-season like i understand they have to do it because you know the players did it themselves bauer brought it up donaldson brought it up they did yeah. this themselves but i don't understand why you had to do it mid-season with this with uh, a contract negotiation coming up at the end of the year as well. I think they did it mid season because batting is so bad. Uh, you're not seeing, I mean, it's, I mean, 
here in Toronto, we get to see Vladdy Guerrero and we're just amazed by what he can do. Unfortunately, there aren't a lot of Vladdy's and Fernando Tatis's out there right now. There's a lot more of the Santiago Espinals in Major League Baseball. So I think uh, the players, especially the batters, complained and uh, got to the head office. I also think there's a little part of it that this is about trying to clean up your sport. I think there is still a segment in Major League Baseball that is still impacted by the steroid era of the 1990s. And I know that was 25, 30 years ago. I still think the sport is impacted by that. Plus the 2017 Houston Astros, the LA Dodgers, the, the cheating allegations there with, with sorry, Boston, not LA, um, with, with Cora, Houston and Boston, the cheating allegations that go on there. So I think it's imperative for baseball or their thinking is we got to clean it up. And this is a, maybe the best way to do it. And I, you know what, I think thirdly, and this might sound a bit, odd i think major league baseball likes the attention i know it's not positive attention but many 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 years ago there was a politician pierre trudeau whose son is now the prime minister he was the prime minister who once said there is nothing but attention all kinds of attention is good whether it's bad or not and i think baseball in a small way views we've got some attention we've got people talking about our sport so here we go i also think too the 2017, I'm going to go back to the 2017 Houston Astros. I know they did the trash can thing, but Justin Verlander, he was at the tail end of his career. Goes to Houston, whoop, couple no-hitters, great success. Garrett Cole, Houston, great success. Gets a $300 million-plus contract out of it. I mean, I, th I think there's a couple of commonalities there. Sticky substance, Houston. Yeah, and when you look at the fact that none of the players were actually punished for that Astros incident, and now you have players that are potentially going to be punished with the, what is yeah. a 10-game suspension, possibly for this sticky stuff. I just, I have no time for the glass nows or for the coals that come out, and, and they talk about the sticky stuff and how baseball is hindering them. Look, you, you cheated. This is against the rules. No matter who knew you were cheating, you knew that you were cheating, and now they are catch, it's catching up to you, and they're telling you, you can't do this anymore, so don't cheat. Like it, It's... I wasn't around for the steroid era, but I would assume that when they told them not to do steroids, there were players, you know, angry that they were allowing them to do it in the first place and now Correct. taking it away from them. But you get over it. You stop cheating. Now you, there's suspensions that's going to happen. Like just stop complaining about it because you were cheating. Yeah. It was ruining the game. It's, it's good. It's hopefully going to get better. And you know what? If you're a pitcher, you do what the hitters have done. You've adapted. You found new ways to get better. Probably within the rules. Maybe not. If you're a pitcher, find new substances that are within the rules to help you get that grip and to help you get that high spin rate, which you've heard so much about. So yeah, just deal with it. One thing I always like to go back to, and I know this is kind of a, an old adage, but if you're not cheating, you're not trying is something yeah. that I really believe in. Right. And I believe that <laughs> if you take, if you take away the sticky stuff, they're just going to find something else. Exactly. Right? They're just find, exactly. Keep on trying to find an edge because at the end of the day, you want to win. These guys are all competitors, right? And they're going to try to go out there. They're going to try to find a way to win. I have never met anyone more competitive than a professional athlete. And you know why they got to where they got to in large part, obviously due to talent, but also because of their competitive nature. So uh, yeah, I agree with you, Noah. They will find new and different ways to compete, to get that slight edge. And, you know, people talk about steroids. Oh, it's bad for baseball. You know, football has a steroid issue and it doesn't seem to harm the impact or the love of that sport. So I, I know they're different. I know they're completely different, but uh, I think you adapt, you find new ways to try to get around the rules. And a lot of people go right to the edge of that rule book to try to find an edge. Yeah, especially in baseball, where the difference between batting, you know, 280 and batting 310 is a lot of money, $5 million a year. And really, what 20 hits in the year something yeah. like that like the, the margin of error is so small that if you can give the if the pitchers have that little bit of an advantage it's going to make you know a huge difference and i think what we've learned is that baseball players are going to cheat if it's steroids if it's you know the astros yeah. weren't the only ones stealing signs that what there was a lot of people and a lot of teams stealing signs it's just the astros that got caught so they're going to find another way to cheat so why not just give the pitchers you know one little thing that they are allowed to use you know use this it's not the spider tack that's 
you know, basically going to allow you to climb up walls. It's something <laughs> that's going to give you a little bit more grip, just a little bit more. Right. Make it, make it legal, make it usable and, and add that into your negotiations so that we don't have a lockout because it kind of seems like we're going to end up with a lockout at the end of this year now. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think they'll, they'll try to find a happy medium, but I don't think if we have a lockout, it's primarily over the, the sticky substance issue. I mean, that might be one of the issues. It'll all come down to money, right? It'll all come down to when free agency is arbitration rights, money, money, money. That will determine if there's baseball in the future. And if not, for how long the two sides argue over a new collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. And you talk about money and talk about, uh, you made a good point earlier where you said that MLB my first one, yeah, MLB, <laughs> MLB might like the attention, right? Uh, yeah. We're going to date ourselves by saying we don't remember the steroid era. That was before our time. But when you listen to people talk about the steroid era, one of the big things they said is it might have saved baseball because all eyes were on baseball. All eyes were on the home run races. You look at Bond, Sosa, McGuire, guys like that. So many people were in the parks watching the TVs. It was probably one of the best things that actually probably could have happened to baseball at the time. But that's kind of I, the difference. It's not the offense that's getting that's getting pushed right. here. It's it's the defense. Nobody wants to see Degrom with a sub one ERA. That's not exciting. What's exciting is Barry Bonds hitting baseball seven hundred feet and then saying he's not on steroids when you look at his pictures yeah. from the first year in the league to the last year of the league. Like yeah, that that's exciting. Pitching battles are not exciting. You're right about that. And listen, Barry Bonds was a great player pre steroid controversy and post steroid controversy just a great player either way um but you're right no runs is not exciting what have we been talking about in baseball the last couple of years the shift is killing the game right the 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 so many relief pitchers are killing the game and why are people saying they're killing the game because fewer and fewer runs are being scored and you guys are right people want to see home runs people want to see high scoring games people want to see movement on the base paths you watch a baseball game today, oftentimes it's a strikeout or a hit or a walk. Nobody steals bases anymore. Very few hit and runs. It's home runs, strikeouts, walks. That's it. And there's not a lot of excitement on the base paths. And I think in part, that's part of the Major League Baseball reasoning why they're so heavily invested in the sticky, sticky substance matter. Yeah, a, a Theo Epstein interview that was done with Bill Simmons. It was an amazing interview on his podcast. I go ahead and listen to it if you, if you have a chance because it, it was really good. But he mentioned that you know they did a poll to see what fans thought was the most exciting play in baseball, and it wasn't home runs, it wasn't strikeouts, it was triples and steals. Those were the most exciting plays that fans thought it, it thought in baseball. So they're trying to add that in. Another thing they came yeah. up with was how long do you think? And I'll ask you it. How long do you think it goes between balls and play in baseball? So, wow. That's a great question. Huh? Probably uh, honestly, 10 minutes. Yeah. A couple minutes. And it might be upwards of 10 minutes. It depending on what happens from what he said, it averages four and a half minutes Four and a half. And and when you look at how long, you know, kids and and young adults can keep their attention four and a half minutes, unless you're a diehard (laughs) baseball fan, that is a long time to stay away from your phone. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also about making sure your TV uh, providers are happy right? Because they pay big money for the rights, whether it's ESPN or Fox or whatever. They want people to watch the games. They want people to watch their TV stations. So you have to do something to appease them as well. So there, there's a multitude of number of reasons why I think baseball is looking for more offense in the game today. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to people are always going to find something else to do if they're not entertained, especially today when there is no shortage of things for people to consume in terms of media, in terms of sports as well. Uh, we want to just kind of switch, switch the pace up a little bit here, move over and talk about the Olympics because the Olympics are coming up this summer. It's official. They're going to happen. There's going to be some fans now in the stands. So we've learned this past week and mm-hmm. it's interesting to us because we were actually talking before we came on is it still the 2020 Olympics in 2021? Yeah. Is that how they're going to brand it? If you win a gold, do you win a 2020 gold? Correct. Well, it's like Euro, right? It's Euro 2020, although it's in 2021. Same thing for the Olympics. So I'm going to be really fascinated to see how it projects on TV. I think one of the reasons why we like watching the Olympics, and it, the thing with the Olympics, it appeases to so many different area uh, ages, right? My mom, my aunt, my uncles, you know, the grandkids, they, they love watching the Olympics and they like it because of the stories, right? But if you're going to have fewer people in the seats, 
fewer family members in the seats when the 17-year-old swimmer wins gold from Portugal. You won't see that reaction from the, from the family, which is so compelling. You might still get the background story, but you won't get that reaction from the families because they may not be at the Olympics. So I'll be really intrigued to see how the Olympics are still able to tug at the heartstrings, which is what they're so good at, and which is what NBC is so good at on the U.S. side of things. To me, that'll be one of the interesting things to watch. I'm also going to be intrigued to see how many athletes decide not to go. And of the athletes that don't go, in, in, in part because of COVID, how many of them will be the high-profile athletes, athletes that were projected to possibly win a medal? Those are a couple of things that I'll be really intrigued to, with the Olympics coming up. Well, we've already seen uh, a pretty high-profile tennis player in Canada, and Denis Shapovalov, say he's not going because yeah. of the vaccination rates are so low in Tokyo. And you, you know, you, you have to think the Olympic Committee could not have canceled this Olympics. They had to have run, and they couldn't have pushed it back another year. Now you're, you would be interfering with yeah. the Winter Olympics. Like it would just be such a problem. They have to run it. But you wonder how safe it's going to be and how safe are really are any Olympics. But I ask you, you've been to tons of Olympics in your time. And obviously, I think it's the community and the fans and the country, especially like in Vancouver. Like we, I remember my heart being filled just watching Canadian fans around the country. It was one of the, the most special times that I've ever, I've ever been a part of in this country. So without having all those fans around and especially the fans from the other countries cheering on their athletes, is it going to be the same, do you think? That's what worries me. I, I, I don't know if it will be. I don't know if you'll be able to ha- touch at the heartstrings like you have in past Olympic Games. I know the television rights providers will do their best to do so. I just don't know if they'll be able to do that. But I know I was, uh, I was talking to, to people working with NBC, and they plan to have cameras in the homes of families where their athletes are expected to do well. So they'll try to simulate, you know, so-and-so wins a gold medal. He or she is pumped. There's the family with tears from their home in North Carolina watching. They'll probably put them together on a Zoom call, you know, to interview and get that emotion. But you're right. That's what makes the Olympics so great and why so many people of all different walks of life and different ages love the Olympics. It's the stories. It's the emotion, the storytelling, the the family impact, the the stories of the athletes who've overcome so much to get there and and to possibly win a medal. So it's going to be really, I find, intriguing to see how that will project on your television screens without full capacity crowds, without most family members there. Yeah, as long as they still show us when the athletes, yeah. like when when the son's when his son falls with you know ten meters yes. left and ends up in fourth, I want to see that guy too because I want to see the bottle go hucking across the room and just <laughs> a bleep right. and bleep on bleep. I want to see that. I want to see the negative and the positive. Give me something I haven't seen before. Right, and and, and you're right, but you know you know how TV is, man. It's all about great storytelling and and trying to get you to watch. And a lot of people like positive stuff more so than negative, especially in 2021, where all you watch in news, negative, negative, negative. Now, I don't want to ask you to look into the crystal ball, so to speak, so much, but do you think that the Olympics this year are going to be, um, in terms of, you know, ratings, people watching it, do you think we're going to see it go up without having them and you know with the delay having it pushed back a year is it going to go up or do you think we're going to see a decline you know like you said with the weird situation with no fans no one can go people pulling out like i would hazard to guess like it's not going to be as viewed as maybe in years past i i think you're right i think the numbers will be down i will say this though for canada uh from all the projections i've read this could be a great olympic games for female athletes Apparently, Canadian women athletes are projected to win a lot more medals than male athletes. And you wonder if you might somehow use that to generate a new audience to watch the Olympics. Maybe more young girls will watch, right? And maybe they'll then in the future years get involved in in more sports. So I think the ratings will be down, but I'll be intrigued to see if the female athletes from Canada, if they do as well as projected, how that impacts viewership among young girls, especially. And, and God forbid that one of these athletes ends up testing positive and then you have a spread throw. The same thing that, that we were holding our breath with the Montreal Canadiens with Ducharme when he right. tests positive. Like, what happens if all the, if all the Canadians in that instance, you know, get COVID or one, one player that's, or one athlete that's being flown over to, to Tokyo, if, 
if they happen to, you know, spread in a whole flight and now you have, you know, 20 athletes that test positive, if they're vaccinated or not, what are you going to do? It's good. Those are the questions that we have to ask in 2021. Unfortunately, you're right. It's funny. As soon as you said test positive, my first thought was a steroid positive test. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, he's talking COVID. And that's where we are in 2021. We're more worried about a positive COVID test than a positive steroid test at the Olympics. From what I understand, guys, that the athletes, and I'm certainly, I know this about the American athletes anyway, they're going to go to Hawaii and they're going to be quarantining for two weeks, maybe 10 days before they then complete the trip to Japan as a way to hopefully curb any COVID spread. But you're right. That's going to be, unfortunately, something we'll be watching. And, and as much as I've loved watching the NHL playoffs, I'm not counting my fingers that they're done until the very last game, because we could have a COVID outbreak at any, any moment. I mean, Dominic Duchard was twice, Ducharme was twice vaccinated and he still tested positive for COVID. Yeah. It's such yeah. a, we, we, I think we he was six days out from his two weeks after. His yeah, strength. true. True. So I, I, we've, we brought that up last week on our podcast and I think, but still it, it, it makes you wonder, right? You guys are seeing guys get tested positive and it kind of worries you that it could still be a thing, but obviously he was in good health. It didn't spread vaccines are doing its job, right? I mean, yes. you just hope that when we see this, in Tokyo that you see something similar. If something does happen, if you do have a group that maybe tests positive, that it just stays that group. Right. Right. It brings back that, that age old question, how important is sports compared to health? Like when are we okay to, we, we rushed into sports, we shut down sports. We kind of rushed back into it as the sign that, you know, when you, when you watch a baseball game in the States right now and with a full building, it feels like everything's back but you know, like how many people get sick is okay to get sick. Like it's that question that, that we've been tugging at for years as well. Yeah. And it's certainly been a big question in 2021 because of COVID, right? At what point do you say, you know what, my health is important, but I've got to get on with my life. And I don't have the answer to that. I trust the scientists. I trust the doctors, you know, but I will, I will say guys, whenever I watch a ball game in the U S I go, does COVID no longer exist? Am I missing something here? It's remarkable, like basketball games, hockey games in Vegas and Tampa. I go, what am I missing here? The crowds, but I'm going to assume, and maybe it's a bad assumption on my part, that most people have been double vaccinated, that they probably passed COVID tests or of some kind to get into the building. So you just hope we don't have a super spreader event at any professional sporting event. And from what I understand, that hasn't happened to this point. Yeah, and certainly, uh, like you said, we're hoping. We're hoping, but uh, I, there's part of me that still has my uh, my little bit of, uh, uh, you know, I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Anyways, Tony, listen, thanks for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you back on, get to talk to you again, get to talk sports. And uh, I'm, I'm certain this won't be the last time we have you on the show. So thank you again, Tony Ambrosio. My pleasure. Anytime, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm Dave Middleton, a proud Sun Life financial advisor, and I've got some fantastic ideas for the money that's building up in your bank account due to COVID-19. Make more and protect more. Visit sunlife.ca slash dave.middleton. Goldline Curling is proud to support the Port Elgin Chrysler 2022 Ontario Tankard in Saugeen Shores. Powered by Bruce Power, February 9th through 13th at the Plex in Port Elgin. Goldline Curling, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Mitty Show. Smitty and Mitty Show, welcome back. Thank you, Tony Ambrosio, for hopping on and joining us again. Uh, talking Olympics, talking baseball, talking Sticky Gate. We will get to that more in just a second, what I promise. What an amazing man. Yeah. Uh, I love Tony. I knew he would been to Olympics, and I knew that Olympics were worth talking to him about. I didn't actually know he was going. Where did he say he was going down to? He's working. He's working for NBC. So yeah. I think where is he going? Like Connecticut or something. I think he's going somewhere on the East Coast, um, and he's going to work for the uh, NBC for the Olympics. So do you still have to do the never eat shredded wheat thing to figure never out? Never eat shredded wheat. Yeah, northeast, southwest. No. Never eat shredded no, I wheat. Ju- I just know because I'm not. What a, again? A psychopath. Twice you've. Prove that you're a psychopath. How? You don't just memorize that. When is that yes, memorizable? I, I am one of those guys. You ever you ever meet someone that just has a good sense of where they're going? That's me. <laughs> I, I went, never. I, for example, for example, for example, you right. You came to my house for the first time, and you still needed a GPS the next few times. Correct. 
it usually takes me twice to, to yeah. get it locked down for sure. This was easy. I it's came, only two turns, yeah. but yes. I came to your house, and I was like, the next time I didn't even need anything, right? I was well, just he, boom, boom, okay. boom, boom, boom. Here's the done. difference with that is that I work in a business where I need to know every street, right? So you think you'd be good at it? Well, I don't do this side of the city, so I know my side you of the city side and the nothing city. more. Fair enough. But but Fair that's enough. because but that means that I have no room in my head to figure out where <laughs> your house is. Like eventually, I'm gonna get it, but I don't want to memorize that right away because I got other stuff on my mind. So there's so much going on in your head that you still need to use never eat shredded wheat to figure out what direction you're heading. Well, I do. I literally picture this, the United States whenever I'm like, okay, which one's the East Coast? I picture the United States and put a little New York <laughs> and go never eat shredded wheat on top of it. And then I go like, I okay, mean, no, I guess whatever okay. works for you, man. Whatever works for you. Two Eastern teams playing in the Stanley Cup final coming what up. Midi. A transition. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I just get it. Hey, eh? sometimes <laughs> I, I just get it. it. You were thinking hard on that uh, one. I did it. Okay. I did it. Two Eastern teams in the Stanley Cup final starting Monday night this week as the Montreal Canadiens face off against the wow. Tampa Bay Lightning. The Canadiens, the Montreal. Yeah, Canadian and the Montreal. It's only the second time. So uh, I follow on Twitter sports logos guy, Chris Creamer. Highly suggest you follow him if you like sports logos or find it interesting. This is only the second time that there will be a French Stanley Cup patch on a jersey in the Stanley Cup final. Canadians wore it in 93, and now they will wear it again here in 2021. Just because they didn't change the jerseys before 93? They didn't well, put patches on? Well, they didn't put patches on them. I'm guessing early on they didn't put patches on them. And then they were in the Stanley Cup final in 87, but wore an English patch on their jersey. So this is only the second time there's a French. Um, and obviously, they're the only French team, right? In Quebec, the Nordiques left in 95. Interesting. So it was interesting then, how you took the first Canadian team in the Stanley Cup finals in what? I don't even know what it is. Ten years? Eight years? Mm, who was the last one? Vancouver? 2011? That was 2010-2011, right? Are we wrong on that? I actually have no idea. That was something we could have fact-checked. Was there anyone else who's been... No. Anywhere close? It's got to be. Vancouver in 11. So that's 10 years. So let's just say 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. So you took the first Canadian team in 10 years in the Stanley Cup and made it boring. You made it boring. Okay. That quick. Sure. Yeah, I did. Anyways, what is your predictions on this series? Because Montreal obviously is on a hell of a playoff run. Mostly because of the guy between the pipes, Carey Price. There's somebody pretty good behind the pipes on the other side. But that is my question. Do you think that this is going to be a goaltender battle series? Like, is it going to be 2-1 games, one nothing games? It hurts me. First of all, Nikita Kucherov is hurt, and he was pretty obviously hurt in Game 7, I think, watching that. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to hurt their offense. But they're such a deep team. Uh, the the Tampa Bay Lightning. The thing that the Montreal Canadiens have been able to do very well throughout this whole run is guys like Darno have been able to shut down the top line, right? Yep. The Leafs top line held to almost nothing. Um, the, the Winnipeg whole offense held to almost nothing. And then you look at uh, Vegas and their top line was shut down, was just shut down. Patch yep. had no points in, in the whole series. So if, but the problem is they can't just lock down one line. Because this team is so, so deep. deep. It's such a deep team that if you lock down line one or even top two lines. But that being said. It's a good third line. That being said, I have counted out the Montreal Canadiens since the word go. And they have just proven to be such a good playoff team that, I mean, Canadians in six. Yeah. On home ice. Canadians wow. in six. I was thinking this series is going to go the distance. I just, uh, you have that feeling that it's going to go back and forth. I think Tampa Bay might honestly take two at home to start the series. But then I think Montreal is going to battle right back. Another thing, and, and this is, once again, kind of off topic, be interesting to see how many people are going to be allowed in the Bell Center because, first of all, this is something that pissed me off, that there is only what was allowed inside, 5,000 at the last game. I don't even think it was that. And it was packed outside, man. Shoulder you to shoulder, move. shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, crazy that you don't just on? like if they're gonna if you're gonna allow them to stand outside and there weren't screens outside because they didn't want no. people there. So there was like the the front row was standing around the glass at the building at the, at the Bell Center. 
to watch it on the screen inside. Yeah. And then when they would start freaking out, everyone behind them would start freaking yeah, out. It was like, hilarious oh to watch. God. But why not just, like, listen. Listen, if, if they're going to be outside, you're not going to do anything about it. It's They're in the Stanley Cup Finals. They're passionate fans. Like, let's just let them in. Let's. Yeah. You don't have to let a full building in. I, I can understand that. 10, 11, 12,000. Can we do that? It fits can we do 21. that safely? Yeah, it fits 21. Do it all fully vaccinated. Uh, I'm sure there's enough of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And enough to, 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 to just make a difference in the building, right? I mean, yeah. you watch any of the other games, and it just seems crazy that the buildings are full. But at the same time, it seems crazy that the buildings here are nowhere close to full, right? Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people are, are wanting... Um, and even some, I've seen a lot of people that were kind of on the other side for a lot of the time saying, you really want to see the building full here for Montreal. And me and you both, we're not Montreal fans, nope. but you want to see that building full. It's a Canadian team in the cup final. Montreal hasn't been there since 93. Like we said, we haven't seen a Canadian team there in 10 years. We think. We think. <laughs> so fact check us if we're wrong. You want to see the building full, right? I mean, it, it, I think it'll be frustrating if it's not a saving grace in a way that they're playing the first two games on the road because then it gives them that extra four days to to figure out what the number is going to be. But it'll be interesting. I, I don't know. I'm going to go lightning in six. I don't think that the run continues. I just I have a hard time believing that this Cinderella story just keeps going on and finishes the way that so many people want it to. I will not. I refuse to cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. I refuse. Even though they're the Canadian yeah, team, will not. I'm not doing it. That being said, they're a Canadian team. I can, like, I'm going to watch the games just for the sake of watching the games. Always watch the Stanley Cup final. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. But I'm not going to actively root for the Montreal Canadiens. Again, you, you can pay me, but it's going to be a, like a large amount of money <laughs> to get me to watch these games, or to, to get me to watch and root for the Montreal Canadiens in, in, in any way at all. Montreal in six for you. Lightning in six for me. We'll see what happens. Game kicked off Monday night, 8 o'clock in Tampa Bay. Another thing going on right now in terms of championship sports that I wanted to talk about. The College World Series is going on down in Omaha right now. And it's something up here in Canada, if you're a baseball fan, I don't think we quite get it. Right? I don't think we quite get it. And that's partially because there's nowhere to watch it. Right, You would think someone up here, if you're one of the, these big companies, why wouldn't you pick that up? Why would you not pick up the College World Series? It's almost impossible to get up here. you got to stream it illegally online somewhere. I don't even... It's not even just the World Series. Like, watching college, college baseball, baseball in, general. in general in Canada is impossible, but yet, on a Saturday, I can't change the channel and, and find anything but college football. Exactly. Right, and I can find, you know, the the fro. What is it? The Frozen Four. Frozen Four. Is that you can on. find that you find you every year you find that. I mean, hockey Canada, I get it. Ha <laughs> stereotype, but baseball, like we just can't find a baseball game, and it it's really frustrating. It is, and so the College World Series is going on right now, and there's one thing that happened over the weekend that's got a lot of people upset. So NC State, one of the teams that's in the College World Series, and honestly favored by a lot of people to win the entire thing has been essentially kicked out of the tournament. Well, not essentially. They have been. They, they have been. They have been. They had to forfeit their elimination game, right? So they didn't kick them out. They're like, you can't play your elimination game. Vanderbilt's moving on. Now, okay, you're going to go on a rant, and I get it, but they didn't say you can't play. What they said is, you don't have nine guys, so you can't play. They didn't have nine guys available. That's the problem. You can't field nine guys without nine guys who are on the active. But, but continue. Do, do, do you know, like, did you dig into it a little bit and why it happened? Yeah. And I, I feel like whatever you're about to say is wrong, and I'm going to correct you, but keep going. Okay. Okay. We'll figure it out. Okay. So they had guys on their team that are vaccinated and unvaccinated, right? There's a group that are both. The unvaccinated people are the ones that had to get tested. Those were the only ones. The vaccinated people did not need to get tested. It was not part of the NCAA's protocols for vaccinated players to get tested. So leading up to their game against Vandy, the unvaccinated guys got their tests done. No negatives. No negatives. No negatives? No positives. Or sorry, no positives. Okay. No positives. No negatives would be a problem. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. No positives from the unvaccinated players. They then proceeded to go do tests on the vaccinated guys, who it's not in their protocols to do it. And there were some that came back as positive. Are you done? And now they're saying that they, they can't play. Right? So they, yeah, okay. 
So there was protocol that was broken. There were players that were high risk, even though they were vaccinated. Correct. NC State had the lowest vaccination rate of any team as I... Uh, in the that, World Series, yeah. At the, at the World Series, right? Uh, an incredibly low vaccination rate. Yeah. So there were protocols broken. So those players got tested because they were broken. And it was actually a good thing. It's a good thing they got tested because Absolutely. came back positive, multiples came back as contact tracing, and then multiples came back as positive, where they got to the point where even the unvaccinated players were testing positive at that point because of the spread from the vaccinated players. Just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't, can't pass it on, Correct. obviously. Yes. So it was a good thing they tested them because if they didn't, and those contact traced players spreading could have more. been spreading it to Vanderbilt, could have been you know within the fans, full building in Omaha. So, yeah, so yeah. it's a good thing that they did get tested. Continue. And, and that's not that's not what my argument is, though. Okay. Why was it so quick that they just said you can't play? There was no talk about postponing it, waiting a couple days, retesting guys, right? That was never a conversation from everything that I've been told. It, it was... Told, and by say told, I mean red. I have not an insider by any means, but... <laughs> oh, you didn't call anyone that, to the NCAA? Yeah, yeah, I called all my friends down in Omaha that day. From what I read... They didn't have that conversation. So they just decided I, that we are going to cancel this. It is no contest. You guys cannot play. Like you said, they didn't have nine guys to play. I mean, Friday night, they only had 13 guys players, to begin nine, nine uh, position players, and, and four pitchers were only available on the Friday night. And then after the retest, late, late, late on the Friday night, they that's when the no contest and blah, 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 blah. Um, they were told before the tournament, all the players, all the teams. Same with the NHL playoffs, by the way. If one of these... It might be different in the now that they're in the finals. Yeah. But if you're in, you know, the second round and one of the teams, just like it's happened in the NCAA basketball tournament, right? Team was eliminated because of COVID concerns. Yeah. Uh, John Rahm, it happened to three weeks ago, right? He was leading on the 18th green and was pulled, right? They were told going into the tournament, same as hockey, that if there is a COVID outbreak, we cannot hold up for you. If you guys, like, be careful because if something happens... You are going to be eliminated because the problem is they have TVs that are covering these games and they can't say to ESPN, hold back your TV. We're going to play it on Thursday instead. They can't say that. I'm sure they could. They're not going to be covered and that's going to lose a lot of money. ESPN is not going to cover it then because they have basketball that's going down. They have hockey playoffs that are going on. I get it. I they're get not going to bump others. So they're going to lose their money from their TV deal if they do that. So they told the teams in all fairness to the NCAA, they told the teams that if you have an outbreak, you will be eliminated. And the NC State players still put themselves at risk. What did you have to do? You had to not risk yourself for two weeks. It wasn't even two weeks that the tournament goes on, right? Yeah. You had to just stay safe for then and not put yourself it at risk. It just sucks for those kids, man. I agree, but it's their fault. In, yes, in no way, shape, or form is it not their fault. But do you think that, do you not think, and like you said, absolutely it is a good thing that it was caught. But do you not find it a little bit weird that the NCAA went and, against their protocol, tested guys that they said they weren't going to test? But it, wa it wasn't just a blind test. They didn't blind test them. It was because they knew that even the vaccinated player had been in contact with somebody who had symptoms. So there, were, there was contact tracing back to that vaccinated player. And knowing that that vaccinated player can pass it to the unvaccinated players, they had to test that vaccinated player. Because they knew that he was at risk from an outside source, so that's they didn't just yeah. they didn't just go. Uh, Timothy, come here, you're getting tested. Like they they knew that something had happened. He needed to get tested, and it's a good thing he did get tested. So I don't I actually don't get the outrage, and then even the players or the 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 coaches, you know, said, you know what, this sucks. We're thinking more about the players. Because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that for is sure. lost. The guys work forever. It's tough they mentally on them. So they were focusing more on the players than what the NCAA, NCAA um, you know, what they decided. Because there was no other option for the NCAA in my mind. You have players who are testing positive. You have contact tracing. You're down under nine guys. You can't play. It's impossible. I just, I, I think that, personally, that I think the NCAA could have done something. It's right, a you could have postponed. It's a business. You could have moved it back a little bit. So why couldn't that player why, have not put no, himself at risk? There is no difference moving it back a few days, retesting guys to make sure that they got it right, than there is with the rain delay. Postpone games because of rain. You talk about how the TV slots are set. They're not. Do you, They're have, not. Did you look at They're the not. schedule with the 
rain delay. They have a rain delay game scheduled. I believe game three of the series, of the final series, is supposed to be Wednesday. Is game three game the Thursday they have for a rain day? Yes. Right. They have that already scheduled, so ESPN knows that it's possible for that to get bumped. They can't yes. bump the finals back one day and still be able, like these players need to get tested for four, five, six days before you can get an accurate reading on what they're doing. So you're bumping it back a week. You're not bumping it back a day, not 10 hours. And the NCAA did bump back. You just feel for the kids, the man. N- I just, do. You feel for I the do. kids. I'm not saying I don't feel for the kids. It sucks for the kids. But one kid made a decision for the rest of the players and the rest of the players who aren't vaccinated made a decision for the rest of their team. That's what happened. The NCAA had no choice, and because of it, the players are getting punished because the NCAA had no choice, and one player put himself at risk. Maybe multiple players. I don't know if it was... Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it known on the show before. Get your vaccines. Please. Go out there and get your vaccines. I'm double-vaxxed. I'm double-vaxxed, too. Your parents are double-vaxxed. Double-vaxxed. No. Go out there, get the vaccines so I that people the wall can before, play so. sports. Maybe that has something to do with it. The spoon sticking to my shoulder has nothing to do with it. It was like that before. Yeah. I walked. I was by, magnetized before. I walked by your fridge and I got dragged about two feet. Well, that's just because you're attracted to the fridge. Well, I am definitely attracted there to the fridge. There is some snacks in there right now. Let's talk about this because we are... We've, we've we taken a long time. We went way too long on that subject. I think it was a good conversation, but we went a little long. We went way too long. Sticky gate. We've been talking about sticky gate forever. We talked about it on... on I'm going to cut you off quick. Has anyone else called it Sticky Gate? No, I think it's just us. Is that our, is that our thing? That's ours, man. That is our Should thing. we get t-shirts? Sticky Gate. It's like little sticky splatters all over it. Oh, that's not going to look good just, on a shirt. <laughs> that's just going to look like a college, a college guy trying to, like, try to scooch his way into the bathroom without anyone noticing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Sticky Gate. Uh, we didn't get to talk about it. I want to just mention this real quick. Real quick. Um, players are babies. Coaches are, are, are babies. I, I believe I called him Joe Torrey on, on the radio show. Joe Girardi was obviously who I was talking about. Joe Torrey, yeah. Joe Torrey, Joe Girardi. They're almost the same people, right? Yeah. Start both Joes. Exactly. What are you going to do? Joe West. They're all interchangeable. The Joes. The country Joe. Oh, my goodness, Joe West is bad. (laughs) You don't like big country Joe? No, the check swings. How about the first base umpire in Miami Uh, that got three calls? He got three calls wrong in the first inning, man. Yeah. That's a tough start to a game. We're back to Sticky Gate. Let's get through this. Uh... They're just babies. You know what? Walk off. Do what Ross Stripling, what Robbie Gray did. Walk off the field. Get tested. Keep going. If you're not cheating, then don't worry about it. Just, you know, let... The umpires don't want to do this either, but they have to because you guys were cheating. So just, you know, get pat down. Walk off. Don't take your pants off like Sojo Romo. Yeah. Make and, it quick. Yeah. And Joe Girardi, don't... Just don't try and throw off Max Scherzer and his crazy eyes by doing that. Everyone's but, like... Uh, and everyone's like, oh, this is adding time. It's not. It's It wouldn't be the if other, they just the did it appropriately. Out there, the other pitchers out there warming up. If it they did no it, difference the only reason it takes longer is if the players start complaining. Or, yeah. you know what else takes longer? Is if we have a positive, which we did have our first ejection on Sunday. Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners was thrown out due to sticky stuff. You, you know what made me laugh when I got the uh, the news alert that it happened? What? They said he was ejected and his glove confiscated. Yeah, did you watch it? So, it is on the TV crew to make sure a camera stays on the glove. Um, for like, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that they can see where it I, I don't know what word I'm looking for. A chain of custody. Thank you to myself. So <laughs> the camera stays on the umpire as he takes it over to the certification guy and he puts it in a plastic bag and wraps it and then it gets hermetically like sealed. it's a murder weapon, And then it gets hermetically man. sealed and sent off to whatever lab is being, is, is testing it. But an automatic 10 game suspension. And I mean, is Hector Santiago going to be the face of Sticky Gate now? Like it's a weapon. Is he going to be the face of Sticky Gate? First of all, how dumb are you to actually do it when you know that everyone is cracking down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you could have just, you couldn't have let it go? They they're knew, not going to get gonna, me. Yeah, they're not going to test me. They're, they're not going to test gonna, me. Ah, please crap. don't test me. Please don't test me. This is the only way I'm staying in the show. Please don't test me. Please yeah. don't test me. Please I guess if you're either going to get sent down or use it, use right? it. Take the risk if it means you're going to go down to AAA. Yeah. I guess, man. That, that, it was, like I said, though, funny that they confiscate the glove like it's some some murder weapon, right? And it was just such a nonchalant ejection, too. He just kind of, like, the umpire just, like, pointed him and, and kind of threw him out. He should have just, like, he, he, he should have done, like, the straight naked gun, run around in a circle and toss him up to the queen in the fourth row. He knew. He knew. Man, that is, uh, how long did you say, because this kind of has only been going on for, what, a couple weeks now since it really came to light? And I think you mentioned that we were going to see it fairly early. Were you 
close on that prediction. You said I think in the first week, but I think it's been a little bit longer than that actually. How long do when, when did they first start actually testing in games? Tuesday last week. It's Tuesday less than last a week. week. Yeah. yeah, I guess like almost right on a week. Somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like there was going to be one player, and there's still players that are doing it. Let's not. Let's not kid ourselves. And, 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 how, find and, how, ways to and do it, I really. hate to say this. I hate to say this. How right were you that it was going to be totally not a big name? Well, because the big names aren't like for one, when Sergio Romo takes his pants off and runs off the field, right, and makes a show of it, the umpire didn't actually test him. He didn't touch him, right? Yeah. He grabbed his glove and picked it up, and he actually showed him something in his glove and handed his glove back. Like there was something there, and he just didn't even touch it. He just handed his glove back and walked off. Just Sergio Romo. But if you're gonna throw your pants and and like they're not gonna do a full check of you, right? They're just gonna be like, get off the field, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I mean, that's a way to kind of get around it if you want to think about it. So we don't want to make this too public in case uh, people in our league are listening. But I think me and you talked about on the ball diamond today. We should totally try this. I'm not against it. I don't know if there's any rules actually in baseball Canada against it. Like that's that is the look because I do, I actually don't know if it's illegal. Do you think we could try some, like, pine tar? I'm not talking about that sticky tack stuff, but, like, pine tar and rosin. Figure out some 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 way to get some spin on the ball. We were talking on the field today. I was like, I don't know if it's going to help guys that are us. Yeah, I think you have to throw harder. Like, like I think you actually, right? like, the people are like, oh, like, add spin rate. I think you actually have to be good first. Like, step one is be good. <laughs> like, step one is not be a terrible player. You have to throw like close to ninety. Yeah, to like actually have the spin rate. Get, difference. Like, right, think, my arm's going way think, too slow. I think for it if to make me a and you went out there throwing seventy-five, it's we're not going to be throwing eighty-five now. The biggest thing is if we go out throwing eighty-five or throwing like I could throw like eighty-two, right? Let's yeah. say that if I go out now, I'm throwing eighty-three with a little bit more spin. Nobody's going to check me because they're going to be like, "Dude, you had two bombs hit off you. I'm not <laughs> checking your glove. Like it didn't work. Whatever you're doing, didn't guys. Work. Did you see what I was doing today? Yeah, we can give it a we're down six nothing in the first, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, check spin out the rate. wrist. Spin check rate. out the wrist. Spin rate. All right, Smitty Mitty Show. It's about time to wrap this up. We would like to thank our producer, Shirtless Kevin, and the Shirtless Kevin Brigade for doing everything they do. Tony Ambrosio for jumping on. What Tony. an amazing guest! I'm sure we will talk to him once again in a later Tony. time. I'm going to thank Noah Smith. I'm going to thank here. Tyler Middleton. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Is that everyone we have to thank? No, we have to thank sponsors: Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial. Life is brighter under the sun. Gold line curling. The choice of champions and thank our social media accounts for being a thing well where do you find them well you find them online the internet (laughs) www.twitter.com backslash smitty mini show don't actually type that in i don't know if that's how you get to our account but go just look us up at smitty mini show facebook twitter and instagram and on youtube the smitty and mini show we're gonna have all of our interviews that are going on rogers tv up onto our youtube page uh, a couple days after they go live so you can re-watch them Listen to the show, listen to the podcast, listen to the radio show, watch the TV. Like we said off the top of the show, man, there is no excuse not to be listening and watching us right now. If you look online and you see us and you think, wow, those golf shirts are really pretty, or I really like the hat that Mr. Noah Smith is sporting all the time, hey, reach out to us because they are for sale for various different amounts because I don't know what you want. But reach out because we do have merchandise. Eventually, we're going to get uh, a, a website up where you can we buy stuff. We keep saying that. We keep saying that. We're going to. But f- step one is for you to actually paint the drywall in the studio mm, that you put I kind of like it. It's just blankets over drywall now. That's the only difference. So step one, let's paint that. Step two, uh, we will get to the... The, the website, online story, the website. Step three is is this, and step four is that. It's a never-ending process. Smitty Mitty Show, thank you for listening. Episode 44, we will see you again in a week's time. Make sure you listen on the weekends, the CFOS and St. Mary's Radio, and Rogers TV Friday nights at 6.30 in London. And hey, we'll see you again in a week's time.